0: Something especially special fun for you this morning. Uh, This is a little piece called Little Drummer Boy.
1: Our finest gifts we bring, pa rum pum pum pum, to lay before the king, pa rum pum pum pum, rum pum pum pum, Pa-rum-pum-pum-pum. pum pum pum. So, so to honor, honor him, him. Smiled at me, pa-rum-pum-pum-pum, me and my drum, Hey, hey, hey.
0: That fun, y'all be seated, please.
2: Was the moment when I no longer
3: Teníamos muchos enfrentamientos yo y ella, pues. Yo ya no puedo y a veces
2: yo decía que ya estaba cansada. Ahí lloré y lloré todo lo que yo sentía. Le dije adiós. Aquí estoy.
4: Tinaloa is known for being the breadbasket of Mexico.
3: Fields everywhere here. All around it are these work camps.
4: Different people groups in Mexico, seasonal workers. They're often up at four, getting on a bus.
5: Days are long, the work is hard. You see the effects of that in the challenges of their daily life. Ludelia really struggled with depression. Diabetes was losing her sight.
4: Gilberto and his wife, Udelia. They had gone through, I think, enough grief in their life where they were looking for something else.
3: I said, you know what, Udelia? We're going to look for something. I said, because I ya not and sometimes...
2: I was already at the moment of being crazy. I didn't stop depression. I didn't sleep anymore.
3: This
2: is the Church of Christ. And that was when I met David. Y la predicación estuvo muy bonito. Me decía mis compañeras de trabajo, ¿qué tienes, Judelia? Tengo muy emocionada. Es que me voy a bautizar ahora. Y ahí fue donde Dios me limpió. Dios me salvo de todo.
3: Sí, Dios es lo que quiere que gente que viene de campos, que viene de pues de pueblitos que no hay. Dios quiere que todos estemos con él. My hija también andaba un poco.
4: We just began working through the book of Acts. They have always taken the initiative.
2: One day Gudelia said, you know, I would really like to go visit a different camp with you. They have just been so excited
3: about sharing their faith.
5: All last year we were doing training with Gudile and Hilberto of, this is how you disciple people, this is how you share your faith. It's been so cool to see Hilberto grow in his confidence and ability to share. I can't imagine a more joyful person in Christ. She wants to share, she wants to engage, she wants to be used by God so badly.
4: Like he said to Peter, go out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. New believers are added to the church.
3: They're worshiping, they're praying. Well,
6: welcome to First Baptist Church. And uh, we're in a season of prayer and a season of giving for global missions. And you know, when we think about our God as a missionary, And when we realize that, that Jesus left heaven to come to earth, it leads us to also want to worship him through missions. And so uh, we're setting a goal to give $26,000 from our church that will go to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering and then also the International Disaster Response. So uh, it's kind of split an 85-15 split there between those two entities. And so right now we're at about 15,000 and so we're about 11,000 off. We got 3 Sundays including this one to give. And so I just challenge you to pray and to ask God, how can I be involved in sending the gospel to the ends of the earth? That's the one thing Jesus told us to do. So as we continue to worship, we want to welcome you. We also want to welcome our guests. And so if you're a guest here, there's one thing that we ask and it's a way that we can get information to you, and that's if you would fill out that uh, guest card located there in the pew rack. Um, there's a place if you want to receive our newsletter, or if you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray for you. And then later on in our service, when we take up our offering, you can just drop that in the plate there, and that could be your offering this morning. So I don't know about you, I've got twins, and I'm still waking up a little bit, but that drum got me going. So I appreciate that, guys. That was great. And uh, But we are going to take a moment. Let's just pray together. As we uh, turn our hearts to worship the one true King. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. And God, as we've seen in these videos every week, uh, you're the God who left the splendor of heaven to come here to earth. And you humbled yourself not only to step into our world, but you humbled yourself to die in our place. Father, I pray now that as your people, we would live for you. Father, as we worship you this morning, Morning, we we just we reflect on that gospel, that truth, and God, we want to overwhelm and 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 just just swell up with worship to you, gratitude for what you have done for us. We thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.
0: If you've been here for the last few weeks, you know that Dr. Cox has been preaching a sermon series called "The First and Second Coming," um, uh, the two the two comings of uh, of Christ. And, of course, we're celebrating the first coming, which is when he came as a child. Uh, and we look forward to that second coming when he'll come back and take his people home with him to heaven. Well, you know, there's a lot of hymns. Uh, or I was going to ta- tell you, in Scripture, many times those two comings are set together. But also, in hymns, the hymn writers of yesterday, particularly, would write this, this, this kind of idea into the hymns. One of those hymns is a, is a, a, a hymn called, Thou Didst Leave Thy Throne. Uh, and uh, the first two stanzas i 'm going to read those to you, and then i 'm going to re- read you the last one. The first one says, "Thou didst leave thy throne and kingly crown when thou camest to earth for me, but in bethlehem 's home where there were where there was there found no room for thy holy nativity, oh come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for thee and then the second stanza says. Heaven's arches rang when the angels sang, proclaiming thy royal degree. But of, but of lowly birth did thou come to earth, and in great humility, oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus. There is room in my heart for thee. And then the final stanza is the second coming, when the heavens shall ring and the angels sing at thy coming to victory. Let the voice call me home, or let thy voice call me home, saying. Yet there is room, there is room at my side for thee. And then the chorus. My heart shall rejoice, Lord Jesus, when thou comest and callest for me. Let's stand and let's sing this hymn together.
1: Thou didst leave thy throne and thy king. Thou camest to world for me, but in Bethlehem's home was there found no room for thy royal nativity. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for thee. Heaven's arches rang when the angels sang Proclaiming thy royal decree But in lowly birth did thou come to earth And in great humility You sing it Welcome to my heart, Lord Jesus For thee When the heavens shall ring And the angels sing At thy coming to victory Let thy voice call me home Saying yet there is room There is room at my side for thee My heart shall rejoice, Lord Jesus, when thou comest and callest for me. First well, the angels did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fields and We'll praise your name. We'll praise your name.
0: celebrate your birth, the birth of Jesus, your precious gift to us. Cause our hearts to live and reflect your love in tangible ways to others. Help us to adore you by being your hands and your feet. For you alone are worthy, Christ the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated.
7: Good morning, it's good to see you today. Uh, Before we look at the scripture today, let me just look ahead for a moment. Uh, You're probably planning your celebration of Christmas about a week and a half from now. And I want to encourage you if you're here in Manchester to include one of our Christmas Eve services in your family celebration. We'll have two identical Christmas Eve services on the 24th at 4 p.m. and at 6 p.m. And we'll have carols and music, and there'll be some drama. We'll have the Lord's Supper. It's a candlelight service. Have a children's time here, a great family service. So if you've got in-laws, outlaws, relatives, bring them with you. Come and uh, celebrate uh, with us. Uh, if you have no preference between the two services, then last year the four o'clock service was full or almost full, about 400 in the four o'clock, and about 275 in the six o'clock. So there was more room in the six o'clock if you have no preference, but uh, come and uh, invite you to celebrate with us 4 o'clock or 6 o'clock on December 24th. I'm sharing a series of sermons this uh, month, a Christmas series, uh, about the first and second comings of Christ. I never preached about the second coming of Christ at Christmas before, but as I read the passages about the first coming, I noticed how often they were linked with passages about his second coming. And so today we're going to look at three New Testament passages that mention both the first and second coming of Christ. The uniqueness of these passages we're going to look at today is they use a different word for his comings than we've considered so far. And the unique word that the New Testament often uses that we're going to see in all of these passages today for both his first coming and his second coming is the word appearing. We'll read about his first appearing and his second appearing. It is the Greek word epiphany. Uh, it, means his, it emphasizes his visibility. So this word that we're going to look at today about his comings emphasizes the visible nature of the two comings. You see, Jesus had always existed in heaven for all eternity with God the Father. But there came a time, a point in time at the first Christmas when he came to earth and became visible. He appeared to us and we rejoice in that. And then after his first appearing, he ascended back into heaven and that's where he is now. So he's still very real. He's still present just as he was before his first coming. But we don't see him. And so the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. But he is coming again, and he'll make a second appearance where he'll be visible again. So we're talking about these comings. We mean a real visible first coming where he became a human being and God could be seen and touched. And when he comes back, we mean that he is going to visibly return to this earth just as he did the first time. So we want to, we want to think about this appearing. Uh, Their there television shows uh, now, a popular format, is to use a, an appearance at the end of the show, what's called a big reveal. For example, there's a show on television now called The Masked Singer and celebrities sing, and they have masks on, costumes on, and uh, they give clues about their identity, and a panel has to guess who they are, and then at the end of each show, there is a revelation, a revealing, an unveiling. They appear. I'll show you a couple examples. Last year on the, the show, there was a costume of a deer, a guy with a mask of a deer, and he sang, and it was Terry Bradshaw, the former NFL football player. And at the end of the show, he has to take that mask off, and he's, he appears there. And they go, oh, we didn't know it was you. Oh, you know, they're all excited. And then this year, uh, in this season, just a few weeks ago, second picture is of a flower that was singing And uh, then when she was unmasked, it was Patti LaBelle, the the iconic singer. And again, oh, she's appeared there. She's been there the whole time, but now she has become visible. That's sort of what we're talking about. Or another show format that uses this same concept are all these home improvement shows where they remake your home, and then at the end of the show, they reveal it to you and it becomes visible. If you watched Fixer Upper, you know that the end of every show, they have this screen there of what the home looked like before it was remodeled. And then they, are you ready to see your Fixer Upper? And then they slide that apart. And you see this couple there with their arms up in the air. They're excited. They're rejoicing because what they have waited for and hoped for and imagined has become visible. They can see it now, and that's the big reveal. What we're talking about here today is something like those kind of things. The appearing with great joy of our Lord. So let's look at three passages that talk about his first and second appearing. We begin in Hebrews, and in Hebrews chapter 9, it says this about his first appearing. Jesus appeared to remove sin By the sacrifice of himself. We're going to see in these verses that Jesus first appeared to remove sin by the sacrifice of himself. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 25 Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. So, this is the book of Hebrews. It's written to Hebrew people, Jews, who had the Old Testament background. And so, that he's comparing, the writer is, the ministry of Jesus to the ministry of the high priest who appeared behind the curtain in the Holy of Holies once a year. He had to do this every year to keep covering their sins. It was a temporary covering or atonement of sins. And he appeared with the blood of an animal. So, he had to repeatedly bring this blood and it is his that the appearing of Christ is not like that verse 26 says otherwise Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world but he has appeared here's our word he's appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages if you were with us last week I talked about the overlap of the ages how it's the end of the old age the beginning of the new at the culmination of the ages to do away with or remove sin by the sacrifice of himself so in the old covenant the high priest had to come and appear there every year every year bringing atonement and he brought blood of of an animal but Jesus has appeared on earth once for all with his own blood bringing his own blood. He appeared in flesh and blood, and he brought his own blood. That means he would die to cover our sins once and for all. To do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. you got a sin problem. What are you going to do about your sin problem? What are you going to do about your sin problem? How are you going to deal with it? next verse says in verse 26, Verse 27, just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. So your destiny, you're going to die, and then you're going to face judgment. How's that going to go with you? Are you just going to talk your way out of that? Are you going to rationalize your sin? Are you going to say, well, I've done more good things than bad things? You've got a sin problem. The good news is that Jesus has appeared to take away sin once and for all, to remove sin. Why wouldn't you believe in Jesus in the event of your impending death? And judgment and then verse 28 says so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many and then right in the middle of that verse it links to his second appearing and it tells us that Jesus will appear a second time to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him last part of verse 28 moves right into his second appearing and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, he's already done that, but to bring salvation, that is to complete the salvation of those who are waiting for him. So he's going to finish what he started. At his first appearing, he takes your sin away. At his second appearing, he's going to complete your salvation so that you're not even in the presence of sin or temptation anymore. You don't have to struggle with that anymore. And he's going to complete your salvation for all those who are waiting for him, just as before the first coming, people were waiting for some deliverer. All of those years of waiting. Now, we're waiting in the same way for his second appearing. We've, we've got the forgiveness of sin, but we're waiting for that completion of salvation that he's going to bring. Are, are you waiting? Uh, do you have a, any sense of anticipation? Many translations translated eagerly waiting, New King James Version, English Standard Version, who are eagerly waiting waiting for him. Are you eagerly waiting for his return? Well, let's look at a second passage that talks about the two appearings of Christ, and that is in Second Timothy, the book of Second Timothy. And about his first appearing, we're going to learn that Jesus appeared to destroy death and bring life to light. So the first reason for his first appearing was to take care of your sin problem, to remove sin by the sacrifice of himself. The second reason we're learning is to destroy death and bring life to light. 2 Timothy 1, verses 9 and 10. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. So that verse just reminds us that our salvation is not by our merit or anything we deserve. It's totally by the undeserved grace of God. And then verse 10 says, or latter part of verse 9, still in verse 9. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So all of this stuff at Christmas and all of his second coming had been planned by God, known by God before the beginning of time. But verse 10 says, But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light. Through the gospel. So Jesus in his coming has destroyed death. He hasn't eliminated it. Christians still die. But he's destroyed the power of death. That you don't have to die forever. You don't have to die in your sins. That you can have eternal life. And he's brought immortality and life to light. He's shined a light on it. Christmas has shined a light on the reality of eternal life. He's brought it to light through the gospel. All right, let's look in 2 Timothy at a, another passage that speaks of his second appearing. 2 Timothy 4.8 tells us that at his second appearing, Jesus will give a crown of righteousness to all who long for his appearing. 2 Timothy 4.8. Now there is in store for me, Paul says. Paul is right at the end of his life when he writes this. He's in prison, probably in Rome, and uh, he knows that His time's about up, but he faces it not with despair, but with a sense of victory. Now there is in store for me, last words of Paul that he's writing, the crown of righteousness. The word crown is the Stephanos, the victor's crown, the Olympic crown, the the crown of a victor. Paul says, I'm going to conquer. There's in store for me the crown of righteousness. You see, when if you put your faith in Jesus Christ today, you'll immediately be declared righteous, and God's going to see you as righteous. Then throughout your Christian life, he's working in sanctification to make you what you, he's already declared you to be, to transform you. And one day at his coming, that transformation is going to be completed, and he's going to crown you with righteousness. The righteousness that he declared at your conversion and has been at work in your life through sanctification, you'll be made righteous. You'll be given the crown of righteousness To all those, it says in this verse, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only me, like this is just some special thing for Paul because he was apostle. No, not only me, but also to all who've longed for his appearing. So we've had the word waiting for his appearing. Now we got the word longing for his appearing. Is there any longing in your life for his appearing? Is there any awareness that he's coming again? Any anticipation? When I was a kid, I remember anticipating Christmas. Do you, do you remember that? Uh, maybe your kids count down an advent calendar or whatever, counting down the days till Christmas because there's this sense of anticipation, this longing, can't wait for it to get here. Here's there's that concept about his return. When you see the things wrong with our world, when you go through suffering and hurt in your own life, do you ever long for, oh God, this world's broken. Please make this right. Is there a longing in your life for his appearing? He says, there will be a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but to also who, all who have longed for his appearing. Well, let's look at one more passage that speaks of the two appearances of Jesus. And that's in 1 John. And we're going to read about his first appearing in 1 John that Jesus appeared to destroy the devil's works. He appeared to destroy the devil's works. Let's begin in 1 John 1, verses 1 and 2. This is how he begins his letter. That which was from the beginning, talking about Jesus, he was here from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life, the life appeared, Verse two, and we've seen it and testified to it, and so we've claimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. So John's writing to some uh, against an error in his day of people who said, "Well, Jesus wasn't really a man; he just sort of looked like it." Uh, you know, he's just a vision. John says, "Oh no." His appearing that we're talking about. We have seen him. We have touched him. We've, our hands have handled him. This is the life. He's appeared in the flesh. All right, let's continue that and go on to chapter 3, verse 8 of 1 John. And he says, the, uh, uh, we'll begin at verse 7, 1 John 3, 7. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous. So he's encouraging, he's writing in the context here, encouraging us not to sin. Don't let anybody lead you astray. There's a devil who's going to try to lead you astray. And then he says in verse 8, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So we've learned in these three passages three reasons for Christmas. Three reasons for, that he appeared the first time. He appeared to remove your sin. He appeared to destroy death. And now we've learned he appeared to, des- to destroy the devil's work. The devil's hard at work in our world. I think I may have talked to more people in our church this week struggling with the work of the devil than any week I can remember in a long time. People struggling with addictions and suicide and broken marriages and all kind of disorders. Those are the devil's work. And You know why we celebrate Christmas in a world full of those things? Because Jesus appeared to destroy the devil's work. And you can have victory. That's why he came. One of the reasons for his first appearing is that he might break all of that bondage of the devil. If you're struggling with some of that, you celebrate that. Don't let anyone lead you astray, little children. The one who does what's sinful is of the devil because the devil's been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. In this same chapter, he talks about the second coming, and he uses this word appearing again. Look up at chapter 3, verse 2 and 3, and we see that when Jesus appears, we shall be like him. 1 John 3, 2. Dear friends, now we're children of God. So if, you're, if you've accepted Christ, you're a child of God right now. And what we will be has not yet been made known. We don't know all of what it's going to be like in heaven. But we know this, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, in other context, it talks about our becoming like Christ in terms of our bodies, and that's very true. You're struggling with infirmity of the body, you're going to have a body like the resurrected, glorified, spiritual body of Jesus Christ when he was raised from the dead. We'll be like him in body. But here it's talking about not so much that we'll be like him and that our bodies will be redeemed, but that we'll be like him on the inside. It's talking about in our struggle against sin, which is the context of this passage. Look at the next verse. All Verse 3, 1 John 3, 3. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. So there's practical implication of the second appearing of Jesus. Some people say, I don't think too much about the second appearing. I got enough to live and deal with here today, and I just I'm focused on the present. I don't think think about the, the, the second appearing of Jesus very much. Well, you ought to, because this passage says that those who have this hope, those who long for his appearing, Purify themselves just as he's pure. See, here's the idea. When he comes, he's going to change you and purify you. You're struggling with temptation, with pornography, or with immorality, or other things today. Well, when he comes, he's going to complete your sanctification. He's going to purify you. When he he appears, you will be like him. You're going to have victory over those. So Paul says there is a present application of the second appearing. And that is you're going to be like him. You're all in that process. So those who have this hope purify themselves just as he's pure. That's where you're headed. So get going in that direction, Paul is saying. You're going to be purified. So start now to be what your destiny is. Those who have this hope that we're going to be like him begin now to purify themselves because that's the process and the direction that God is working in our lives. So, we've learned three things are going to happen at at the second coming. He's going to complete our salvation. He's going to give us a crown of righteousness. And he's going to change us to be like him. And because of that, we wait for his coming, we long for his coming, and we purify ourselves in anticipation of his coming. Oh, today, I would call you to take advantage of what's happened at the first coming, first appearing, so you'll be ready for the second appearing. You've got a sin problem, you've got a death problem, how are you going to deal with those? Jesus loves you and has c- appeared to remove your sin, to destroy death, and destroy the devil's work. And if you'll put your faith in him, if you'll believe that this is true, and you'll receive him as Lord, then he'll begin to work in you toward that process of purification and righteousness in your life. I want to tell you a story. I will to tell you a story about a teenager named Lily Jordan. Lily Jordan is a big fan of the Jonas Brothers and she lives in Pennsylvania so the Jonas Brothers were coming to Hershey, Pennsylvania and she got tickets to go see the Jonas Brothers but she didn't get to go because Lily Jordan, a teenager, also has cancer and so the night of the concert it was obvious the week before she had to go in the hospital, take chemotherapy treatments And so it was obvious that she was not going to get to go see the Jonas Brothers. And so she tweeted on social media, Hey, Jonas Brothers, I'm not going to get to come see you. Here's my room number in the hospital if you want to come see me. And you know what happened? Let me show you a picture. So the Jonas Brothers appeared in her hospital room. And there's Lily in the bed, and there's Jonas Brothers and her family around her. So she couldn't, she couldn't go to them, they came to her. You couldn't get to God. You're never going to get to God. You're not good enough to go to heaven. The good news of Christmas is he's come to you. He came to your hospital room. He's appeared. And oh, she, maybe she had some hope they might come, just a little hope. But not really, but it went viral. They saw the post, and without any notice, they just appeared in her hospital room. That's the joy of Christmas. We couldn't get to God. God's come to us. He's appeared here. And he's going to appear again to finish what he started. I want to leave you with another picture. That's the posed picture. Let me show you a candid shot that was taken soon after they first came in the room and they're signing t-shirts for her. And I just want you to focus on Lily's face. Just look at her expression. Just look at that for a moment. Is that not a face full of joy? Is that not a face full in the midst of even cancer treatments of real happiness? She'd waited. She'd longed. And they appeared. Look at that face. Isn't that the face that should be reflected in our faces? Isn't that the the kind of joy that we ought to have in regard to his first coming? When unexpectedly, undeservedly, mind-blowingly, God has appeared in our rooms. And isn't that the longing and the waiting and the hope that we should have for his second coming? appearing. Let's pray together. Oh God, in the midst of our struggles, in the midst even of cancer, may our faces reflect the joy of your appearing, the big reveal that you amazingly have come to us. And Lord, may we live with anticipation and longing for your second appearing We say, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. Come and fix this broken world. Come and complete our salvation. Come, Lord Jesus. But, Lord, we would ask that you would wait just a moment more until the time of this invitation because there may be somebody here whose destiny will be sealed at your coming. And, Lord, thank you that you've waited just a moment more that folks today could come to put their faith in you, have their sin problem and their death problem solved by faith in Jesus. That's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand together with me? We're going to sing a song. If today you'd come to believe in Jesus as Savior of your life, follow him as Lord. Would you walk down one of these aisles and meet me or a pastor here? and? You can be baptized next Sunday. We we'll have baptism. Also have it on January 5th. You can choose your time to be baptized today. You can declare your faith in Jesus, made into a church home. We'd invite you to come. Let's sing together.
1: Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin. Jesus is gone. Have you come to the end of your Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is called.
7: Thank you. Please be seated if you will. We're going to give our offerings now in worship.
5: them knocking at my door, would I turn them down or let them in on Christmas Eve in Bethlehem? If I was watching o'er the fields when the angel of the Lord leave as the shepherds did on Christmas Eve in Bethlehem would I see i Tell-
7: Amen. Thank you so much. Well, it's our great honor today to close our service with a parent-child dedication. And I want to invite uh, Jake and Katie Dorak and their family to join me here at the front. Oh, you got a mic. Sorry. Thank you. So, Jake, would you... uh, do the honors of in introducing your family who are here and your and your little ones to us.
6: Well Katie's parents are here, Rick and Rhonda Mullins and her sister Hannah as well. So you got Stand, stand for a moment, please.
7: We're glad you're here.
6: All right, and if you if you know our story, um Three days from today, we will celebrate the second birthday of our daughter, Ella Kate. And um, she passed away at 38 weeks. She woke up or was born in the arms of Jesus. And so that was a painful and difficult season for us, but we trusted the Lord, and He told us to choose joy as we lived in the overlap. Mm. And so we did that. A year after that, we found out we were pregnant, and then we found out we were having twins. And so we named uh, these two blessings after and or in honor of Ella Kate. And so this is Elliot Isaac. His middle name Isaac in Hebrew is laughter, which could also mean joy. And then this is Caitlin Joy. Um, and so we just, uh, we just feel that Psalm 126.3 explains this well, that the Lord has done great things for us, and, and we are filled with joy.
7: Amen. Amen. And we didn't mention Luke, I don't think. We're glad Luke's up here, part of this. The unforgettable Lucas Clay go. Dorak
6: as well, yes.
7: Jake and Katie, I just want to say to, to you that you all have been a witness to us through this. Uh, you've been a testimony to us of uh, facing sorrow and choosing joy in it. And so God has brought good things out of your sorrow because... Uh, You've been a great testimony to us, and we just rejoice with you. Isn't God amazing? Isn't it incredible? We just, uh, uh, there just is laughter that only God would think of doing something like this and giving you twins this time. So I want to read to you um, a verse of Scripture, Isaiah 61-2. It says, God bestows on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise, instead of a spirit of despair. And the latter part of this verse says, still in the same verse, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And my prayer for uh, these two little ones is that they would be oaks of righteousness, grow up to be oak trees of righteousness, and that they would display his splendor. And we pray God's blessing upon you as you dedicate these children to the Lord. Congregation, I'm going to ask you to affirm your prayers and support for them. Now, let me tell you something. Preacher's kids get a bad rap, you know? <laughs> Preacher's kids, cut them some slack. Cut these kids some slack as they grow up, okay? And would you pray for them? Would you pray for them uh, that they will be oaks of righteousness? If you'll do that, you'll support them, pray for them, help them raise these kids. Would you lift your hand and say amen? Amen. amen? amen, indeed. Megan Clayton's going to pray prayer of dedication of them and of this family this will be our closing prayer
8: let's pray heavenly father we thank you so much for these two beautiful babies and the gift um, that they have been and the witness that they have been to your goodness lord Um, we thank you for their safe arrival in this world Um, and i pray for jake and katie as they um Continue to parent, that you would just give them wisdom um, as they continue along this journey with um, Elliot and Caitlin and continuing on with Luke 2. Um, we pray that they seek you daily for strength and um, that you would just continue to bless them, Lord. We also pray for Elliot and we pray that he would come to know you as a Savior because of the commitment that they have made this morning in front of um, their church family, Lord. And we pray that he would be a man after your own heart, Father. We pray for Caitlin. We pray that she would be a follower of you and that Jake and Katie's decision here this morning um, would just be a huge factor in that, Lord. And we pray that she would be a woman of God, Lord. It's in your heavenly name I pray. Amen.